Welcome to the Why Music Podcast, where we talk to independent artists about their journeys, the inspirations behind their music, and ultimately why they make music. This next artist is a Nashville-based songwriter with a late 90s and early 2000s influence. Combining the styles of alt-rock and indie pop, she is certainly making her mark across the music city. Welcome, Quinn. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I always like to start with where your music journey began. Yeah, um, to be completely honest, I feel like it's kind of always been a very present sort of force in my life. Um, Both of my parents are actually musicians, so I was born to two musicians in Nashville. And then, I mean, I've been singing ever since I could talk. Um, My mom loves to tell stories of you know, I wake up in the morning and I'd sing myself awake or something like that, waiting for them to come in to the next room. Um, so always been singing. Um, I don't think I realized I wanted to do it until maybe I was in middle school. Um, I think when I was a kid, I really wanted to be a music producer. And then when I was in middle school, it was, uh, I went through a phase where I wanted to be a bass player and be like my dad and he would give me bass lessons um and that was really fun and a nice memory that we share but I don't think I really realized how much I really love singing um until maybe I was in high school and um that kind of just proved to be a really present sort of love that's just kind of always been there and I wrote my first song when I was like 13 I played my first show as Quinn O'Donnell when I was 15 Um, So I've just, you know, fell in love that night right then and there. And I've just been doing it ever since just always. And I'm 23 now. So it's been a couple years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. As soon as you're in that role, it's like instantaneously like, okay, like, like that's the, that's the flip of the switch moment. That's like, okay. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the, it was like, it was incredible. It's like, it's like uh, the thing that they say, it's like when you find the one, it's like, you just know, it's like, there's no way to put it other than you just know you're that 15 year old show was your, I just know moment. Um, So how do you think that being that that was at 15 and most people come out of college, not knowing what the hell they want to (laughs) do? How do you think that that kind of shaped essentially like your trajectory like what about finding that at 15 kind of routed the course like where where did it go from there that was like okay this is what I'm doing well I think a lot of it was the encouragement of a lot of people around me um I think it's funny I had a very large amount of opposition as a teenager more in school whatnot my parents were always really encouraging they were definitely like my safe people um definitely the like they're just jealous of you do what you want to do kind of parents whereas um high school I got bullied a lot um I always just was kind of down I didn't really have too many friends I was definitely kind of a loner in a way um that's so different now by the way I have a lot of really great friends now but uh When I was a kid, it was definitely different. And so I think it was one of the first times where like I had had a lot of um, encouragement. Like a lot of people were saying that they actually really liked my music. And I think I was just kind of in shock of like, wow, I didn't, I like wrote this when I was crying about my eighth grade boyfriend. I didn't think anybody was going to like this, but (laughs) I think since then it's become very therapeutic in a way. Um, where it kind of originally started as I'm really sad right now. How do I cope with this? How do I turn these feelings into, you know, something rather than me mm-hmm. just sitting and feeling sorry for myself? How do I sort of create something with this? And that was kind of what my first EP ended up being was me crying about stuff and then writing music and then realizing I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> And it was definitely something I needed to do. Um, So it was really uh, cathartic in that way. I think just having a big group of people sort of saying like, I get it. I understand this is therapeutic for me too. And um, for us all to kind of bond over something in that way, it was really nice. 
I mean, that's music is is the universal language, as they say, as cliche as it is, it does remain true. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I hate saying it because it is one of the most cliche things out there, but it's like it wouldn't be a cliche if it wasn't true. So um, do you think that being like at that point of like where things kind of shifted from some opposition to not really opposition do you think that that shaped your I guess relationship with your own artistry like do you think that that had anything to do with you pouring more into it and kind of really leaning into that path I would say I would say yes in a way um and I think that also goes the same for my personal life at the time as well I think I had always grown up in an environment um, where it was always like people just telling you that something's wrong with you, um, constantly feeling like nothing I did was ever good enough. And that kind of marked the first sort of chapter in my life where people were like very accepting of me when I was sharing this really vulnerable um, piece of myself that I put into every song I write. Um, and I think it was really validating in a way. And I think it still is as an adult of kind of like, yeah, I went through this really bad thing or, you know, this thing happened. I'm, I'm really upset about it, but people liking it almost kind of validates the experience in a way of, okay, it wasn't for nothing. Like maybe I helped somebody else in a way. Um, I'm thinking back to, there was one particular time I released a song when I was 19 called uh red wine and it's a song about being not sad about a breakup that you're going through and I wrote it when I was like 18 19 years old and this 13 year old girl messaged me on Instagram and said hey I know you don't know me but like I found this song through one of my really good friends and she told me to listen to it and that it would make me feel better I'm going through my first breakup right now and this made me feel like maybe everything was going to be okay and it made me really emotional because I was just like, oh my gosh, like that makes me feel like I like helped somebody in a way that mm -hmm. I don't even know. Like, I didn't really know this person, but like we ended up connecting after that. And I don't know why it really touched me in a way um, and was really validating in a way of, okay, this wasn't for nothing. I ended up helping someone else. So made me feel really good. I think that's one of the like, not necessarily, for lack of a better way to put it, like, sil not silver linings, but, like, bright moments in what can be a daunting time starting out being independent and just kind of essentially throwing music into the void of just, like, you know, we're in these early stages of just, like, doing this thing and there's, at this point especially, like, so many people doing it, so it's, like, so much, essentially, you're competing against in a way in terms of like getting to the right people it's like to have that not only reach ears period but to reach ears and have a level of impact in that kind of way is just like if I mean at that point if it's like if there's any sort of question as to whether that's really what you want to be doing or not that is the that is gonna keep the hamster wheel running you know like that's gonna keep things going and because that's ultimately what it's about it's like yeah, like <clears throat> music generally comes from this emotional, personal place. And it's like, okay, I've lived this, but to see somebody else share that same experience or share that same sort of moment, even in a completely different story, like it's always really cool to see, especially like in those early stages, it's like, that's why this is important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I would totally agree with, with that and that that's true. Um, it's definitely validating and nice in a way, especially like you said, when you're an independent artist and like, I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> going to feel anything from this, especially in Nashville where there are right. tons of other musicians who are all just as good as you, who are all just as talented and who also all have something to say, maybe with a, a more impactful story than yours and it's like no you know you aren't the only person doing this but it's nice to get 
singled out in a way sometimes mm-hmm. to make you feel a little bit like you're maybe an important part of somebody else's story in a way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it's, yeah, that's, that's where, that's what it comes down to. That's what makes it rewarding because it's, it's not a lucrative thing for a very, like, you got to get deep into it to get to the point where it's like self-sustaining and all that. And so like those kinds of moments are the most valuable. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, What do you find most often inspires your songwriting? Man, I mean, a lot of different things. I think kind of sort of like what I was saying when I'm feeling like some kind of a strong emotion um, and it's my way of coping in a tough situation or something. It's my way of trying to make myself feel better. Um, It's usually, you know, I think makes a lot of my songs come out pretty sad in a way, Um, which is funny because I think I'm a very like bubbly person and I like to just remind everyone that I am okay and that I'm not (laughs) like always sad all the time Um, because a lot of them just happen to come out like that because that's just usually when I write music is to deal with something kind of sad in a way. Um, But not to say I haven't also written really happy songs if I'm, wanting to process uh, an emotion that's like kind of happy and it's out of my control in a way um sort of a variety of different things but I think at the end of the day I would say people kind of the biggest thing um I love to write about people whether it's over something they did or something that I think they are about that I just think is really intriguing and interesting Um, I've always just been really inspired by a lot of different types of people. And that's, I think, a common trend in a lot of my songs that are making up people. I like doing that too. (laughs) Making up characters. Yeah. Um, That's become a more popular sort of, not popular necessarily, but it's like become a more, like I've gotten that sort of answer a few different times and it's caught me off guard a little bit because for the longest time it was just, I write about my own experiences, like whatever's going mm. on in my life, that's just where it translates. Um, so do you think that when it comes to writing stuff in the other people and character realm, you approach it or take it takes a different form than the stuff that you write that comes from a more intrinsic place? I feel like yes and no. I think sometimes I like to incorporate, I guess, parts of myself in certain aspects. Um, I wrote a song recently called Coffee Girl that's off of my newer record. Um, And it's about like the idea of there's just a character and her name is Coffee Girl and there is a coffee boy and he's another character. And yes, they are based off of myself and my ex-boyfriend and the idea of we're both angry at each other because we ended a relationship and that makes people really bitter and mean towards each other. But the idea of the things we would say behind each other's back that like weren't true, but things that that we would say. And I took those ideas and made them into two characters who aren't real called Coffee Girl and Coffee Boy. And it's just supposed to be so in, in that way, I guess I would say there is a piece of myself in Coffee Girl. I like to think I'm not Coffee Girl, but I think part of me is sometimes. <laughs> and just the exploration of um, that character, this like emotionally unavailable woman who is very complicated and exasperating and um, lack of better term. <laughs> so... I just think it's it's interesting to do stuff like that, but then also, you know, write songs that are very clearly from my perspective about um, trying to communicate with a person or connecting with a person in a really intimate way. And um, it's interesting the way that you can sort of take both sides of that coin, I guess. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I mean, I feel like, as even if you try to remove yourself completely from whatever or whoever you're writing about, there's always going to be something there because you're writing it. 
So it's almost like that mm-hmm. can be sort of an extension of you. So you can kind of focus on this one thing and just, you know, have the idea be there, but however you sort of paint that picture, the details can change, you know, like you can drive home the same general story or message, but paint the picture and, you know, maybe a better light than the actual situation, you know? Mm, um, absolutely. It gives a little creative liberty to just kind of like distance yourself from the art for that little bit at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. On the coffee wavelength here, <laughs> I wanted to ask what moldy espresso productions is all about. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that a few times and I'm I'm oh sensing God. a coffee theme but I want to know if yes. there's like an actual, cause like a lot of people like just put like their artist name attached to it, you know, yeah. like through the distributor yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So what inspired that as your, like, I'm guessing fake label oh name God. or is this like a real entity? Yeah. Oh no. This is like, <laughs> I mean, a lot of artists, I feel like, you know, I, that was definitely a thing, especially when I was in my like later teen years and it's like, Oh, you want, a label to like pay attention to you and let you hop on a bill with this artist it's like yeah say you have a manager and just come up with one mine's mine's name is Steve or whatever and I come up with a whole backstory for him but as for the name Moldy uh which very unironically stuck after several years and I'm like no but <laughs> when I was I think it was mid 2020 I had always had the Instagram username Quinstagram because the payoff was I was allowed to get an Instagram when I turned 13, but only if my dad got to be the one who named my username. Oh no. So I was like, all right, <laughs> fine. So he picked Quinstagram, which like everybody thought was so funny. I would always get like banter off of it. Like people used to say it as a nickname. And then when I was in my uh, early, early twenties, I think I just turned 20. I was like, you know, I'm going to have my own username. I'm going to come up with my own name through this. I'm moldy espresso. It's like, what is the grossest thing I can think of <laughs> that like shows that I don't take myself very seriously and makes me seem a little more approachable to people that I don't know. Um, And I think moldy espresso is kind of a stupid way to do <laughs> But now it's like unironically stuck. Like my whole family calls me Moldy. Most of my friends call me Moldy as a nickname. And it's just, it's unironically stuck. But as for coffee, um, I, besides music, and now I also work at a winery as my day job, I'm almost going to be a sommelier. Um, Besides those two and my love of movies, the French language, a bunch of different other hobbies coffee is another big hobby of mine um I've worked in coffee for several years um and at the time that I changed the username and wrote coffee girl I should add I was working as a barista so a lot of a lot of coffee related things I worked at a coffee shop for three years and that was like my actual home most of my friends are from that coffee shop um and it's just like a big part of my life I don't know what it is about coffee but it's a very nice in the words of my dad a context for conversation and connection with other people um which I think is so true uh you know they serve coffee at church when you go to church and you're kind of nervous it's like there's coffee in the corner it kind of makes you feel like you're able to talk to people more it's like why they serve coffee in offices and like it's the way to kind of like break the ice almost a little bit. So you guys are a little more comfortable. I have too much coffee in my life. Um, this is not a sponsorship for coffee to <laughs> add, but it's always just been like a big part of my life. And I mention it in a lot of songs I've realized too. Um, and if I don't mention it in a song, sometimes there is a story with coffee in the song even like ex-boyfriends who have, who are also musicians who have written songs about me, there is usually a mention of coffee to relay that the song's about me. So it's always really interesting. I don't know. <laughs> it's a more 
intertwined answer than I was expecting. Like coffee is, it's like coffee <laughs> and music are just like weaving in and out of each other at this point. Um, yeah. Funny. I, a lot of, a lot of tidbits, I think of my personal life are definitely in a lot of my songs. I'm pretty sure I mentioned my favorite food. I love cheese quesadillas. I love cheese quesadillas. I don't know why. I've mentioned that, is, that in several songs. That is Either a, pizza or cheese quesadillas. Anything with cheese, sometimes mentioned in a couple songs. My favorite places to go are mentioned in songs. It's very strange. <laughs> oh my God. Cheese quesadilla. Like that is like, college cooking 101 <laughs> like oh my is, god yeah that is bare bones <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah. better to enjoy something like that than something that's like super complicated or expensive or oh something. yeah because then my you, favorite you food can, is steak yeah <laughs> or i just i love sushi like it's just like no like keep it keep it low-key you know keep it relatable <laughs> Everyone's had one of those, I love right? <laughs> yeah, we love cheese quesadillas. Unless you're lactose intolerant, then in that and case, don't like. You cheese might love them, but they do not love you at that point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you had to create a new genre around your style of music, what would it be called? Oh my gosh! I mean, what would it be called? That's interesting. I feel like everything I name after moldy, so just like moldy core, moldy gaze or something like that. Just like, I love shoegaze music. That's always mm -hmm. been something I really love. Shoegaze, alternative rock. My favorite band of all time is Death Cab for Cutie. But I also love bands like Radiohead, Switchfoot, things in the early 2000s, late 90s, just because it reminds me of when I was a kid. And that's usually what I'm listening to, like casually mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and it's, it's been interesting trying to, I guess, get my music that I write to sound more like that rather than just like, this sounds like a 23 year old girl with her guitar alone in her room. And I'm trying to make it sound more like that rather than, um, you know, too poppy, I guess I should say with my lyric, um, so I guess if I were to were to name it, it would just be, you know, moldy, moldy shoe gaze or whatever, just because I've <laughs> named everything after moldy at this point, just out of uh, habit. It's become the trademark. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Feeling at this point. Yes. <laughs> but it's not funny. I mean, I'd rather have that than something mean, <laughs> I guess. Oh, well, yeah. And not a bad thing to have, like, even if it was unwanted at the time of it becoming yes. a thing it's like it's not a bad thing to have because it's something that you know in a space of a very saturated creative space like it's like music is the most saturated I think it's probably ever been um <clears throat> in this time to have even just something minute like that to kind of be like setting you apart or kind of make whatever you're doing stand out in some way shape or form it's not hurting you mm -hmm. it's really just helping you i agree <laughs> yeah even if it is a word like moldy yeah <laughs> exactly it does help in a way um you know you've got so many people in the world even a lot of people named quinn in the world but there aren't many quinns who also go by moldy as a joke which has now spiraled into a trademark in a way um and even my bandmates i mean they call me moldy it's it's very funny it it was a joke and then my sister was the first one who started using it as a nickname and then it just kind of spiraled from there <laughs> but it works uh, it's gonna it's gonna be like like, you know, like the, some of the big athletes that have like their nickname oh like in quotations, like between their first and last name, you're going to be like Quinn Moldy o O'Donnell. That's yeah. Gonna be, that's going to be, take that. that's going to be the thing now. That actually sounds kind of <laughs> badass. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is there a release that you think best embodies who you are as an artist 
like one song to sell somebody on the rest of your catalog like your your you know your uh your sample at the sample counter at Costco what is your sample yeah oh that's a good analogy too um I think at this particular moment in time I would say my closing track on my most recent record I'll come to Also, just that record as a whole, I feel like is pretty much an embodiment of who I am at this current moment in time, even though the songs were written like three years ago. Um, I think it's really interesting. I forget who this poet was, but I just thought it was so interesting. There was a poet who like wrote a poem when he was 23 and then wrote it like every 10 years after that. But then the poem would get smaller and like less like filled with fluff. And then he wrote it again when he was 80, right before he died. And it was only like three sentences, but he said he thought the poem was finally perfect. And this idea that like you get closer to who you really are at your core every day and every year. Um, so I think, you know, I would say when I was 15, my first EP was kind of the best way of me kind of telling people yeah this is who I am and this is what I'm about um where I would say now it's probably this newest record and in particular that closing track just because it has a a special place in my heart um but I think when I release my next album I would say my next album and then every song after that I would try to push that one like well this is the most recent thing I've released this is kind of what I'm about right now but mm -hmm. If you want to hear what I was like when I was 15, I would highly recommend listening to this. And like, you know, I think it's also interesting as now an adult um, to listen to things I wrote when I was 13, 14, 15 years old. Um, and it still resonates a little bit because like, though it may not be that exact same situation now as an adult, obviously there are more important things that I care about now I think than when I was 15 it's like no those feelings are still there and they're still valid um so I think there's still a way as a listener even if it is myself to connect um with something I wrote so long ago um so I think there's something special in every piece of music um that I've written that resonates with me but if I had to pick something it would be that last track I'll come to for my most recent record. I like the way that you put that because it really is. It's, it's like, I have a lot of conversations with artists about like brand as it pertains to like them as an individual, as well as like within the music mm. and early on, like some of the artists that I've worked with, it's like still trying to figure out what lane you necessarily want to be in, but like, those songs written right now came to life in these sorts of different ways. But five years from now, if you would have written that same song, it might've translated into like a different, like, you know, like something mm -hmm. that was pop might've been more rock or something like that. 
Um, so to really kind of look at it as like, as a whole, this is the most accurate as it gets is like, what's current present day. But, you know, mm. if it was, you know, if we were in 2020 and we were talking about whatever I released in 2020, that's a different conversation. It's like, mm -hmm. you're giving yourself essentially the space to grow into whatever is to come next. It's not a, we're trying to follow this same path or even necessarily stay within these same constraints. It's like, it will become more refined over time because like you said, we find more of ourselves every day and we're, you know, as artists discovering more of what that means and what that looks like for us as that time goes on. So it's not necessarily like guiding yourself into a certain direction. It's just kind of watching it manifest more and more accurately and more and more refined as it is. It's just like, it's just second nature to just kind of, yeah, like whatever comes now or whatever comes next will be the most accurate because it's the most recent and most relevant. It doesn't mean that anything else Absolutely. wasn't. Those are as valid as they were then, but relating to current, like 2018 was five years ago. What I wrote in 2018, oh, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to hear it either. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I know. <laughs> 2018, like that was, yes, that was relevant at the time. Do I feel necessarily the same way as I did five years ago? Maybe not. Would I have done the same thing that I did with that song? Maybe, maybe not. But what's right now is what's most accurate because of what you just said. And that actually makes it make so much more sense than any way I've ever put it is like, oh, you are the well, most, thank you. I'm flattered. <laughs> you are the most <laughs> you now that you have ever been yet. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of that credit goes towards my dad who just, man, he's like, he's entering his like wise father figure stage where he just <laughs> says little things like that, where I'm like, whoa that was so <laughs> that was so like just everything I love it mm. and just he says things like that all the time that I just like I'm like I'm gonna pocket that I'm gonna yeah. keep that for a song or I'm yeah. gonna keep that and use that as a motto for something um and he just like he's entering his like wise father stage where he just says things like that so a lot of that credit should go to him he's he's really smart <laughs> but I think it's uh, something that I heard him say once uh, that story about that poet. I should ask him for the name of that poet. Um, clearly that part wasn't that important to me, but <laughs> the story I thought really resonated. Um, and it's something that I just, I really connected with. And I thought that was really beautiful. This idea of like, you're not supposed to know who you are right now. Cause you'll only learn more about yourself as you grow up and you spend that long with yourself because at the end of the day, you're the only person you've got. Right. Um, and there's only one you. So right. I just think that's really, really beautiful. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even on a wider scale, I mean, you're probably an exception to this, given that you've been knowing that music was the thing since you were 15. But like, <laughs> you know, the people that are like, like in high school, like I thought I was going to be doing four or five different things. If you would have asked me any time throughout those four years, even up until I graduated college, I thought I would be in a different position than I am now. I didn't think that this podcast would exist and everything else that I'm doing would be the way that it is, but it's like, you just kind of stumble into some things and then they just kind of become what they are. And it's like, you can't ask yourself five years ago, what you'll be doing now, because it's like, I'm a, I was a different person five years ago than I am now. So how would five years ago me oh, know? Yeah. Like I, she is not around anymore. Like she doesn't <laughs> know what's going on. Like the mm -hmm. future would, the future would probably put her into shock. Like it's just exactly things change enough yeah. that it's like, you can't, there's so much that like alleviates a lot of the pressure. I feel like in a way too, and makes it a lot more freeing to just kind of navigate day by day absolutely and I think about like you know who I was five years ago versus who I'm going to be in five years nice. and I think about my future self is probably laughing at like you know this Quinn who's so stressed out about like adult things like 
paying bills and um, taking care of things and just trying to learn how to take care of myself. And I see myself at age 30 is probably laughing like, oh my God, you'll, you'll learn kid. It's yeah. okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and this idea of like not knowing um, who I am really in comparison to like, and I think about like sweet 15 year old Quinn, just like I'm doing this for you. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. And the things like, like you said earlier, the things that seemed so like daunting and so like end all be yeah. all and mattered so much at like 14, 15 years old or like, that was really dumb looking at it at, at, you know, now it's like, that was not as big of a deal as we thought it was at that very moment. Mm -hmm. And actually <laughs> little, little side note. Yeah. One of my favorite songwriters of all time is a friend of mine. His name's Josh Wilson. He actually wrote a song about that. Okay. Um, and it's called What I See Now. And it's Ooh. about him growing up every couple of years, thinking about the things that he was stressed about when he was that age. Like, uh, he wrote a song about, I think the first verse is about him in middle school or something, talking about getting picked last for like kickball. And then the chorus is like, you're going to make it through. I wish you could see what I see now. Then he talks about himself in his early 20s, about how he feels lonely, how he feels like he's never going to find someone and talks about how in the future, like now he has, and he's like, don't worry, things are going to be okay. Like you're going to find your wife and you'll, you know, have someone to love. And then in the future, how he's stressed about this now, but he's like, I think of me in 20 years telling me you're going to be okay. Just keep on walking towards the light. And I just find a lot of comfort in that song. I think that's yeah. a really good song. I just, I wanted to shout out to Josh Wilson. Great, great <laughs> artist. Great, great songwriter. Probably one of the best I've ever heard, actually. Josh Wilson's high up there. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I think this might be the first time we've had an exterior plug <laughs> oh <laughs> completely warranted I, mean, I love that I'll have to go check that out now yeah That's right on the also money like I feel about. like exactly and also like in Nashville that's kind of our our culture in a way it's like mm -hmm. we all want to help each other we all want to succeed there's so many of us who all just you know want to do music as a job and who really enjoy music and we all have this mutual love and it's like like I was saying before it's like if one of us wins we all win we've got to help each other out and I mean not that he really needs my help he's doing really well <laughs> but just a, a big shout out to him he's great he was a big big inspiration for me especially when I was a teenager great artist awesome if you had to pick two or three artists that you think your music is like a combination of who would it be oof Okay, I have a couple. Okay. But I will make them very short. Um, Death Cab for Cutie, my favorite yeah. band of all time. I love them. I think they have a beautiful writing style that my dad sort of, my dad keeps coming up with his little phrases, a little blurb um, called show don't tell writing. Mm -hmm. The idea that they can like vividly describe a scene, but not directly say what is happening. Mm -hmm. I just always thought that was so unique and so interesting in the way that they do that. Like they almost give a little bit more credit to their listeners. Like you'll be able to figure out, I'm not going to say she is depressed or whatever, or this person is losing a loved one in a hospital, but they'll describe the hospital. They'll describe like waiting in a waiting room. And it's like, you can figure out, okay, this person's in a hospital, like clearly mm -hmm. stressed out because someone they love is about to die. Um, so I love that. Um, and I try to incorporate that in my own music. Radiohead, Tom York is so awesome. I love, love, love his brain and how he is able to put these really intimate feelings and emotions into his music. Um, I think in particular, the first time, I mean, I've always liked Radiohead. It was always something I loved. I think I fell in love with Radiohead when Tom York released a short film about some of his uh, solo music and it's on Netflix. It's called Anima. It's like a 15 minute short film about his album Anima, but there is a song he wrote called Dawn Chorus and he has these interpretive dancers 
portraying what he believes love feels like. And when I tell you, it is the most beautiful thing. Like, when I saw that, I was like, I want to know how to do that. Like, he put into visuals and lyric, word, music, that feeling. I would love to be able to incorporate that in my own music. I just thought it was so amazing. Um, Other big influences, I would say um, Cigarettes After Sex is one of my favorite bands. I just love how they have a very strong consistency that I want to exemplify in my own music. I feel like I'm still pretty far from being as consistent as they are, but it's like they found the formula that works and they whip it out every time for every record album song because they know that it works for their fans. And I love that. And then if I had to say just one more, Mm -hmm. it would probably be the French band M83. I think Anthony Gonzalez has just a lot of open-mindedness that comes across in his music, where I think he is constantly in awe of new experiences that he has. And in his interviews, he's always like this too, where he just talks about like, I think he visited LA one time for a week when uh, I forget what it was for, but he visited LA once, was so inspired by it that he wrote an entire, just about the feeling he had when he was in LA. And I thought that was so beautiful and sweet of just like, oh, I'm gonna just be open-minded and enjoy things like that. So I know that, you know, that's kind of a lot, but I would say those four, maybe a couple others sprinkled in there um are definitely some uh artistic tendencies and music I want to incorporate in my own sound and what I want to convey to my listeners um especially you know wanting to have more experiences like that 13 year old girl feeling like she wasn't as alone in that Mm -hmm. sad period in her life that you know she feels like there's someone who understands in a way and is kind of on the other side of it like hey don't worry you've got this Yeah, I mean, I don't know any of those bands very deeply, but on the surface, that sounds about right on brand. Um, oh, and thank you. I think, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting that you said that they have that. Was it cigarettes after sex that has like the formula? Yeah, very mm-hmm. interesting. I feel like absolutely that almost like that's where things always get interesting creatively Mm. because it's Mm -hmm. like you know it creatively kind of created creativity in general just kind of suggests like it's not of that nature in terms of like being formulaic but it's like it's like that kind of that kind of makes you like think a little bit of like you know because I mean Mm. there is you know there's the business side to being an artist but there's also like the structure and the sort of science behind songwriting as a whole it's like you know there are certain formulas to follow and there are certain ways of doing different things and patterns and whatever and people have like if you if you know an artist deep enough you could probably figure out what certain song structures or rhyme schemes they use a lot of the time or you know stuff like that or like you can kind of catch on to like for me I am my music doesn't suggest it at all it's very like 180 from that but I've always been a huge John Bellion fan to the point that like I can hear I can hear his like little things in there and I'm like if it's like a Quinn song or like the stuff he did with the Jonas Brothers I'm like I can hear him through all those different things and it's like it's almost like in that at that point like unintentionally formulaic like that those people just have you know they've done it long enough that it's like it's just it's just it's it's them in packaged into some little blurb in a song or in the structure of the song or something like that and so it's like for them it probably just kind of was like this is what we do this is people are liking what we do and so it's like why you know it's like don't if it ain't broke don't fix it you know exactly yeah I agree I think it's fantastic. And it's interesting that you, that's a really good point that you brought up with the idea of 
consistency as an artist like when is it good when is it bad mm-hmm. and um it's amazing because cigarettes after sex i feel like they're a more recent band they're great with the consistency because they know that's what their fans like whereas i think about death cab for cutie which i think always has a consistent idea and root in their mm-hmm. sound like they have this really solid foundation but they can update with little instruments and sounds to like sound a little more current. So they still sound like death cab for cutie. Mm-hmm. They have that consistency, but they're still able to be a little creative with like um, maybe some sounds that they add or like a new idea that they're writing about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about Ben writing about the idea of being in your you know, being middle-aged and, like, feeling like everything around you is changing and things aren't the same. Like, obviously, he couldn't have written that when he was in his early 20s Mm. because he didn't experience that yet. But this idea that he's still writing about his own life and things like that, I just hope that I I can only hope to convey some of that in my own stuff. I just think it's so inspiring in a way. Yeah, and I do, I think... That's also an interesting point. I've noticed the same thing with like one of my favorites is One Republic. They've been around for a long time, but it's like they do their little like, I mean, Ryan Tedder's got his hand in like everything that's going on in music. I feel like because he's written so much different, so many different things for so many different artists, but like they are just doing their same sort of thing, but just like an updated version. Like you said, like Death Camper Cutie is doing, it's like, it's just taking what you do and what you know and just tweaking it a little bit essentially to stay current and updated um so i mean there's there's it, it, there's two sides to the coin it's like how much of it is formulaic and how much of it is like that's just kind of how it's manifesting like who knows how intentional any sort of consistent structure is that could just be what comes out of somebody normally it's how we get to the point as artists of like having a consistent sound and having you know the same sorts of content within songs and whatnot and writing styles it it goes on and on Mm -hmm. I agree uh what is an outside passion of yours that you feel impacts who you are as an artist Ooh. (laughs) coffee uh for sure (laughs) i was gonna say i think we're i think i know where we're jumping back to now (laughs) i feel like we definitely have it it came up before you even asked yeah (laughs) um definitely coffee definitely my love of people i've always been like one of those creepy like people watching people that loves to just like look at people in airports and like come up with backstories for all of them of like why they're there and where they're going um definitely I mean I've recently more recently found a love for for wine and the idea of making wine I think that will come out in future songs um also like French culture the French language has been something I've always really loved since high school I feel like a lot of those themes come out in a lot of songs um, and my love for Paris I think I've mentioned Paris and France and a bunch of songs as well um, or wanting to travel to California, that as well. I love to travel. Um, the idea that, like, you know, there are other places with different cultures that live so differently than we do is something I've always found so interesting and appealing um, as a person on planet Earth. Uh, so I've just always been really interested in that. I feel like that comes out in a lot of songs as well. So long story short basically everything i think coffee is kind of the short answer for so so you think as like as you said wine might start being incorporated in some different things do you think that's going to take coffee's place or do you think there's room for both oh i think there's room for both of them i feel like they should coexist (laughs) they're very similar honestly um the way that they're both made is very similar i mean coffee it's just beans wine it's grapes they're both needing to be grown in certain types of climates um 
coffee, you know, there's the roasting process and whatnot. And with wine, it's fermentation and crushing of grapes. It's a similar process. They can just only grow in certain parts of the world. Um, sadly, both can't really be grown in Nashville because our climate is so humid. So like I couldn't start my own coffee farm or my own wine farm. Both, I mean, technically I could, they would just both taste really bad, but you know, just that idea is really interesting to me. I don't know. I've always been interested in that. So hopefully they'll coexist. I think they will. I think they, they can, they're very similar. So I think they'll have to make room for each other. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Coffee is definitely not going away. I'll say that. (laughs) It's here to stay. (laughs) Uh, What is it that you think sets you apart from other independent artists? Oh man. I mean, again, it's like, there are so many of us in the world I don't necessarily think I'm any cooler or greater than any other ones because there are just so many. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think even before I realized I wanted to do music, I've always had a very encouraging spirit. And I think my parents can really attest to that too. I've always just liked the idea of everyone wins and everyone gets to do well. Um, which is great, but to a fault, because I think, especially when I was a a younger teenager, it's like, it was easy to push me around and like, just get what you want and leave kind of thing. Mm. Um, but I've always just really liked the idea that everyone can do well. And I think that's maybe something that sets me apart a little bit. Um, I think part of that is just growing up here, uh, in comparison to somewhere else where maybe, I was the big fish in the little pond. I was the only one who did music. Therefore, I'm the best kind of idea (laughs) that I think, and I think you know where I'm going with this. A lot of people who move to Nashville, when they first get here, I should clarify, have that mindset of like, I am the best. And then they meet all these other musicians and they're like, actually, just kidding. I am not the best. Everyone else is also really good. And then they almost kind of need to adapt to that mindset over time of like, everyone's good. Of course, everyone does music. We live in Nashville. So it's very interesting, just that culture um, and how to adapt. But yeah, I think long story short, I've just always been encouraging of people. I want everyone to do well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will say before TikTok, like when I was in high school and I was writing music, I was like, there was like one guy who did like an EDM kind of thing. And that was pretty much like it, like at least from my class. And I was like, I always thought like, oh, it was so like new and different that I was like putting music out on SoundCloud and doing all these things because I was living in the world of Wheaton. I was living in my hometown, like in essentially in a yeah. little bubble without, you know, social media being the space for musicians in that way. I wasn't of that age where I was like advertising it in that way. And then when I was in college and found TikTok, and then a year later when TikTok became music central, I was like, oh, <laughs> so not only am I not the only <laughs> yeah. person doing this, but there are all these people out here that are like killing it. And I'm just like, hmm what I'm doing is not as special as I thought it was or as unique as I once thought it was before. (laughs) So, okay. Um, But it also, it brings out, like there is, I am always the one to do the whole devil's advocate, but I'm also always the person to put like the positive spin on something unfortunate. Um, Yeah. And with like, with it being such a saturated space, it's like there is such a room for, collaboration there is such a room for it to be Mm. a community thing like and it also like I always I'm always I've always been very competitive and so like there was part of me that always wanted to move to Nashville but there was part of me that was like this is going to be a bad idea and I'm going to think that what I'm doing is nowhere near as good as even half of the people that are there so that's just that that might not be the best thought um but it also like in doing this and in like seeing other people that I've you know, met in the artist space that are doing these things. It's like, it's reignited that sort of passion for me individually. 
um, with it. Mm. And so it's like, you know, it's like as much as it is like you can sit here and compare my situation to yours, to somebody else's, to like anything like that. It's like you can do that till you're blue in the face, but that's not going to do you any good. Um, it's really like, you have to look at it and like, okay, they created this opportunity for themselves. How can I take something like that and make it happen for me? It's like, you know, I'm seeing all these people like do these things. I'm like, how the fuck did they do like this, that, and the other Mm -hmm. thing I'm like, if you, if you don't know, you don't know. But like, if you're seeing somebody that's on that, like same sort of like level or playing field with you, it's like, if they can do it, why can't I? And it's like, not even like, not even in a comparison situation, but it's like, it's just that we're at the same level. It's, it's an, how can we create this opportunity? Yeah. And this kind of, how can we help each other? Mm-hmm. Letting other people inspire you. Right. Don't let it sort of make you feel like you're just because this person's good at this thing. Doesn't mean you're not good at this right. other thing. That's not related. It just, you know, you can go to other people's shows and like, those feelings that you get watching them on stage it's like take that and let it be your fuel Mm -hmm. to like keep going I just think that's always um the advice I always give to anybody who has maybe just moved here or something and is feeling a little down I guess Mm -hmm. because of that because it's easy to fall into that like really easy to fall into that 100% I'm not even there I get it (laughs) yeah like just yeah just just scroll on TikTok for 10 minutes you'll see 10 other people doing the same shit like that's that's yeah, the world we exactly. live in now. That's where things are at. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, like it's, it's literally one of those do with it what you will. If you want to sit there and look at it like, oh, mm-hmm. they're doing it. So I can't like they're taking your spot or something mm-hmm. like that. That's Okay. Then that that's, that's your problem. But if you want to look at it and be like, yeah, how can I do this? Then you're good. Yeah, so, I yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. Do with it what you will. Uh, what impact do you want to have with your music and with your artistry? Man, I think, I feel like I always say that after every question that you ask, because your questions are really good. Um, Thank you. I would say, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, again, just the idea that like, maybe I cheer somebody up who's like going through something really sad. I mean, that's how I say that's how they got me. That's how music kind of got me to fall into it is because I, you know, witnessed um, other people going through something and seeing them write a song about it was really inspiring. And the idea of like mentorship, I guess, in a way, um, the idea that maybe I could make somebody feel better uh, really is appealing to me because I... I'd imagine there's probably someone who is like me in the world, maybe going through something really rough or they're in high school and everyone hates them and they don't know why. And maybe music is their escape in a way. And I want to be that artist for somebody. I like to joke and say that when I was 12, Tom Petty was my only friend because I would listen to Tom Petty music all the time on the bus. And that was always my escape in a way. And I would daydream about like, being best friends with Tom Petty and like the idea that he was my friend and he was like telling me about a sad day or something. And I felt close to him in a way. And I hope that I could maybe do that for somebody else. I, as I've done these interviews, like more and more, I have started to see some common themes. And like we talked about earlier, like a lot of people write about their own experiences something that I've noticed more recently with this question, and I will never get tired of getting this answer because I think it is kind of the purpose that we do that anybody does anything. And it's Mm. that really the reason that we do, or essentially the impact that we desire to have with whatever it is that we're doing. And in this case, like making music, it's, we want that same impact because that is the impact that made us do the thing that we are now doing. It's because it's it's mm-hmm. essentially the art of passing the torch. It's like the reason that I am pursuing what I'm pursuing is because that thing or somebody doing that thing has impacted me in a very similar way that I then want to do. Like, it's just, it's like paying it forward. It's like passing the torch. It's just, you want to translate that sort of impactful experience that you once had onto somebody else, like the next generation, you know, like that kind of thing. 
Um, <clears throat> I don't want to say next generation because that makes things sound old, but you yeah. know what I mean. Um, no, but I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's because we, we've seen firsthand the power that that given thing can have like that, you know, music is one of the most impactful things out there and I will die on that hill. Um, like it's, yeah. it's, there's nothing that can translate it quite in that way. And so, however, music impacts, like, I don't think any artist out there could say that music hasn't impacted them to the point of be, the, the, that that's why they're doing what they're doing. Like, I don't think that anybody's out yeah. there just kind of doing it because they can or for fun without any sort of personal tie. Like it's, it's absolutely, it's the translation and the shift from one artist to the next and like how we have those sorts of shared experiences through the music that it's like, you know, let me do this thing. It obviously helps if you, you know, play an instrument or can sing or are like raised <laughs> in it or something like that. Like that obviously helps matters. But um, I think that's always where it kind of comes from. It's like Tom Petty passed you the torch. Who are you passing it to next? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And this idea that like, even people who don't end up making music it's like so many people are fans in a way I would consider mm -hmm. myself a fan and mm -hmm. a writer right. um but there are a lot of people who just really love it and it's like I don't think that that's any less important than the people who make it I think right. there are people who love it so much that they make it and there are people who love it so much that they just always have this deep relationship with music and I think both are so vital and so important to music and the idea that it's so universal i mean you don't meet people who are like i don't really like music like that never I mean, those types do, of people do not exist like insane. really <laughs> yeah i mean maybe like one person i don't know i feel like everyone will give you an answer if you say do you like music like what's your favorite band most people are like oh my god and then they start mm -hmm. listing a bunch of bands that they like you don't ever meet somebody that's like, no, I would rather listen to like talk news in my car or something. I don't Unless know. I'd like rather 90. listen to the news. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are some people <laughs> like that, but even those people are like, you know, Fred Astaire, um, mm. you know, Bing Crosby. I mean, there's, there's still, everybody's got something. I just really love that. I feel yeah. like everyone has a connection to that in a way. And I just think that's really beautiful. I love hearing about different people's like favorite bands and whatnot. I just think that's really cool. Uh, the final question Amazing. that I always like to ask is why music, which we kind of, I feel like oh, dove do do into a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people are always yeah. surprised when I ask that. And I'm like, did you, did you see the name? <laughs> like, have you seen the name yeah. of the podcast? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that again, I, I feel like that's really a culmination of different things. I think it's the music I heard other artists make that inspired me. I think it's the way I've directly seen it impact my parents and how they have done that um, for so long in so many ways. Because so many people have actually asked me that over the years, as I'm sure they've asked you too. It's like, I remember this is just a funny story about my mom but going to the dentist and my dentist I think it was like 18 he was like checking my teeth or something doing what a dentist does mm -hmm. and asked me like oh what are you gonna go do as a job and I said oh I want to be a musician he was like you really think you can make a living doing that? like you really think that's a, a good job and then my mom was sitting right there was like well my mom did it and she's right over there and then my mom like looked up from her magazine and was like yeah I did you got a problem with that downgrading my daughter, making her feel like she can't do that. Like, yes, she can. Anybody can. You just got to be diligent. My mom was like tough lady from Boston, Massachusetts. She does not mess around. She's <laughs> like a, like a 90s diva musician. I love her. She's a big, big inspiration. She's the one who taught me how to sing, really. Um so it's been amazing witnessing other artists and seeing how it impacts my own family, those who are close to me. Um, you meet so many amazing 
musicians, maybe who are at the same level as you, maybe a little below you, a little above you. It's like whatever uh, chapter they're at in their careers. It's like they all just culminate and inspire you in so many ways. Um, and I think that really fuels me to keep going and to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it is mentality in that way is it's like, un, unless you believe in ultimately what you're doing, you're not going to do it. You know, it's, mm. it's like the saying, it's like, if you think you can, you will. But if you think you can't, you won't. Like, yeah, you know, um, and that kind of goes down to it. And it's even more so like for you, like it's in essentially like in your roots, like both of your parents come from that background. Like it's why music? It's like, how not, you know? <laughs> yeah, essentially, <laughs> why wouldn't I? <laughs> it's like, you don't have a choice. You were born at this into point, it. duh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> no, like mom, dad, I want to be an accountant. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh. They had like, I think a little bit of a confusing time when my brother was like, I like sport. And they were like, what? What is that? And like, they'll go to all his games and cheer him on and they're like wow this is great but like I don't think they really know what's happening I wouldn't I don't know anything about sports so like I admire their open-mindedness and encouragement but I'm also like I think it was easier for them to like oh of course she's a musician like she likes music of course good my sister likes music too but she's more on the business side of things mm -hmm. Um, and they were like, they're very supportive of that too. And I think they understood that. I think my brother really likes sports and they're like, what? <laughs> this is strange. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> but oh, anyways. So but yeah, no, that totally, I mean, a lot of times it's why music, but it's like, really like, why not? Like, if you have the ability mm. and you have that sort of drive and passion to it, it's like, the only thing that's stopping you is you. Like there's. Yeah. <clears throat> as much as it seems like it's such a saturated space and you're so limited from reaching that point. It's like, if you really want to, you can. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, yeah. I think that brings us to the end of this episode of the why music podcast. Check back again next week for another conversation with another independent artist. Thanks for listening.